All right. Take two. Sorry, we're in Florida, people. <laughs> oh, man. Nothing like doing a podcast for the, the, <laughs> the third time. This has uh, been interesting, folks. We're in Florida. We're not in Iowa, so we're not used to doing it uh, other than uh, at home. But how about them Hawkeyes, people? Iowa, 87. South Dakota, 75. HawkeyeNation.com. Instant reacts. My name is Wolfgang, at Wolfgang Hawkeye. At Wolfgang Hawkeye. The Hawkeyes beat them. How happy am I supposed to be? I was a little PO'd about not being in the NCAA tournament last time. Kind of happy. I, I, it took me a couple days. It took me longer than I had expected to get over that. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I, I was a little down. Because that was the season ender. That was the season ender in terms of you got a chance to win it all. Making the NCAA tournament. But this team is different. Going back and forth with a couple guys on Twitter. Um, really only two guys that were totally negative on the NIT. Didn't care. Said people shouldn't care. Um, knocked people that cared. <laughs> he, he, was, he was really down on it. He said the not, inv- not invited tournament. Um, I did care about this game. I was pumped to watch it. Sitting right in front of the TV. Literally probably two feet away because I didn't have my glasses. Um, I think people did care. And if you looked at some of the uh, seven NIT games, um, I think 5,500 for Georgia Tech was the highest. Iowa got, Iowa got close to 13K. 13K. And they will get more than that when the students come back. And it'll even be a better environment. It was a good environment. People were loud. I saw people smiling and laughing and doing this thing where they do, they have their left hand and they have their right hand and they put them together and they make sound. And then they even stood up other than the commercial breaks. It was fun to watch. It was fun to see as a Hawkeye fan that bleeds black and gold to watch that. I want that kind of home court advantage every game. Okay? Every game during the regular season when it mostly hardcore matters because you're trying to get into the NCAA tournament. That's the goal, to win it all. Okay? The goal is not to have the best crowds of the season for the NIT tournament. Okay, and some of that I get, some of that I don't. The students weren't there, which is interesting. Um, obviously, it's not, they shouldn't be there, but the fact that we have our best crowds and the students are there is interesting. Guess what's going to happen when they get there? And then we sell that sucker out. We play TCU Sunday, I believe. Um, but it was, I mean, it was fun. Close to 13,000 people there. Um, you get a whole different group of people sitting in different areas of the arena. Um, so it, it, it's a lot of fun. It just, it's fun to watch Iowa basketball fans care. And there are p- tons of them out there. They're just not sitting in the right seats, in my opinion. <laughs> They're just not. And you get the high school kids, the high school basketball players and their families that for all season couldn't go. Why? Because of practice. And yes, we're talking about practice. Because of practice, because of games, um, some of those hardcore basketball fans weren't able to go and aren't able to go to the regular season games. But they could for the NIT, and we see that every year. People, some people on Twitter were laughing at me, saying, oh, what are you talking about? It's going to be the best, one of the best uh, crowds of the season. Yes, it would. And had we played South Dakota earlier in the year, we wouldn't have had that crowd. The crowd would not have been that loud. That, they would not have made that much of a difference, but they did in the NIT tournament because there were different people there. And I hate to knock the, uh, the regular season 
season ticket holders that are there during the season, giving, you know, money, going to the games. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. But I, there's obviously something that needs to be got, done. Sections where you can stand. I don't know. I don't know what to do. I, I'll probably do that maybe in my next uh, podcast. What things to improve on to make Carver-Hawkeye Arena atmosphere better because it obviously can get there because we've seen it. It's not that it can't get there. It can. Um, again, I-87, South, South Dakota 75. I think that's about where Vegas had it. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Um, here's why you should care about the NIT. Do people care about the NIT? Most people don't, unless it's your team, and I get that. Why is the NIT good? Isaiah Moss. I think it was Steeler Jim that tweeted at me. Isaiah, what did he say, Moss the boss or something like that. That's why the NIT is good. That is what, if he can finish out the season anywhere close to what he did last night, and then that step forward for next year and how pumped people are going to be, if he can be that guy, that scorer that helps with the scoring that we're going to lose from Jock. We talked about that in the last podcast, John John Miller and I, I believe, talked about it um, with Peter Jock's 20 points a game. You know, how, where, where are we going to get those points from? Well, it's not a big, as big a deal, I think, as we think it is because of what he gives up on defense. So the plus minus there, what is it? Uh, they were going back, on, back and forth on Twitter trying to figure out, you know, how much really are we going to lose with Jock? I love the kid, one of the best shooters I've ever seen, literally, at Iowa. And you can say, well, his percentages aren't there, like uh, McCausland or, or uh, Bullard or whoever else would be up there. Um, but he shoots difficult shots, okay? Some, some of the other guys that are, that are high on the list of shooting threes or whatever, and they have their, their percentages high, they're over there in the corner all by themselves, and they're shooting wide-open shots. That's not Jock. Jock is not shooting wide-open shots very rarely. He's got guys in his face. He's a lot of times being double teamed. Sometimes, quite frankly, he's shooting shots he shouldn't shoot. Um, but, uh, yeah, Jock, Jock had a pretty good game. We fouled him out of the first half at 8.26 left. I don't believe he played the last 8.26 of the first half. And, again, the fundamentals that I talk about. Big fan of a lot of Fran stuff. Big fan, not a big fan of other things. Not a fan at all of fouling out your guy in the first half with 8.26 to go. Not a fan. Now, I will say, to give Frank credit, he ended up with four in the game. Now, we've seen too often during the season where a player will get two fouls and they'll end up with two or three. And it drives me insane. But Jock fouled out, of, uh, we fouled him out of the first half with around 8.26 to go in the game. Uh, he did have a good game. He was very efficient. Let's look up his line real, real quick. Peter Jock, 20 points, yeah. 7 of 14, 50%, great. 3 of 6 from three-point line, great. Uh, 75% from the line in 27 minutes, which hurts. It looks like probably, unless we go far in the tournament and he goes on a uh, big-time free-throw streak, it looks like he's going to fall sh- just short of Steve Alford's free-throw record. All right, my man Bear, kind of a negative. As everyone knows, that, that man is my boyfriend. I love him. I love him. It's, it's, just, it's almost hard to say anything bad about him. But uh, not a good line. I think we fouled him out. <laughs> we fouled him out of the game around 13, 50, something like that. Um, and then just never, he just never got in sync the rest of the game. Um, two points for Bear. One of two field goals. Um, and only one rebound. 
in 13 minutes, and he ended up with three fouls. So we sat him with 13 minutes left plus to go in the first half, and he ends up with three fouls. Tiff, slap me. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, it just it drives me crazy. Some of the fundamentals that I talk about. Let me talk about the ones I love. Let me talk about the ones I love. I love that he gives the green light to three-point shooters. Let's him go. I love that. I love it that he's a player's coach. I love the run and gun. Okay? I love the switching of the defenses from man-to-man to zone. Although I don't like too much zone, I like a little bit of zone. Um, so I do like the switching of the defenses a little bit. Um, I like the fact this year that we're feeding the post. We're feeding the dogs more. Feed the dogs, man. Feed the dogs down low, and we are this year. We have it in the past, man. We are so much better at feeding the post this year than we have been in the past. Am I saying we're perfect? Am I giving us an A-plus grade? No, I'm not. But I like it so far. So far, I like it. What else do I like about the fundamentals? He's a player's coach. What? Oh, what he sees in talent, obviously. Recruiting, because he's not getting the big-time stud recruits. I guess you'd call Cook a stud recruit. I believe he was a top 40 recruit. But he doesn't get the stud, stud recruit. So he has to go out there and get the guys and see the talent in the guys that some of these other coaches aren't seeing. And that is, he's elite at that. Maybe even A+. Plus. He's, I, I would call him that. Um, so so th- those are some of the fundamentals I like. The fouling out your players in the first half is, is, is one. I'm not going to get into the other ones now. But I do like the first guess, not second guess. So I do have to get into that before it happens. Because then everybody will say, oh, yeah, you can say it after the fact now. I'll say, I'll say it before the fact. And I had people coming at me on Twitter saying, well, what if Peter Jock gets a, you know, a third foul in the first half? Then you're going to bash him for that. No, I won't. No, I'm telling you right now. I'm first guessing. I'm first guessing. I do not foul out players with 13 minutes left in the half or eight minutes in the half, especially when it's your, he's your best player, at least offensively. Um, so we'll see on that. Uh, Cook and Pemsel, um, love them. Cook, Cook was an absolute freaking animal, absolute freaking animal. Let's look at uh, let's look at uh, Cook's line here. Cook, 18 minutes, eight of eight. You can't get better than eight of eight. Well, you can. You can be 9 of 9 or 10 of 10. But 8 of 8, in terms of percentage-wise, that's as good as it gets. 8 of 8. And again, 8 rebounds. So are we Are we four? Now, this is just off memory. Is this four straight games of 10 or 8 rebounds? It seems to me that every single time, like the last four games, we're either seeing 8 or 10 rebounds. So he, he's stepping up his rebounding game. I, I do appreciate the people tweeting me and uh, going on Twitter and uh, pointing out the not blocking out so I don't have to do it anymore because uh, I'm annoying. And uh, when you annoy yourself, I just don't even want to talk about it anymore because it's just ridiculous. And people were coming at me, yeah, we learned that in sixth grade. I'd love to sit down to a coach with a coach who obviously knows more than I do. Is there a different philosophy on blocking, on rebounding now? Now, I will say we are going after the ball on rebounds. We are, I mean, we are, you see more energy, more fire going after those rebounds because we did out-rebound them. That doesn't mean you're rebounding well. Just because you out-rebound somebody doesn't mean you can't do better. Just because you get a B-plus on a test, B-plus is pretty good. Well, you could have got an A had you studied a little more. If we block out, this 37-30 advantage we have in rebounding could be 45 to, you know what I mean? Block out. 
tweet at me if you're a coach. And, and there's some different philosophy on rebounding, and I'm just sounding dumb. No, it's, it's not okay. Put your butt on somebody, brace, and as a matter of fact, back them up because you're getting pushed under the rim and you can't rebound under the freaking net as the ball's coming out the net. That's not a rebound in any stat sheet, okay? Uh, Pemsel, not a great game, but he's love his, love his hands, love his ballet feet, his moves. He's not a high flyer. He knows how to use his body. Um, one disappoint. He was two of three, four points. One disappointing thing on him: zero of three from free, th- free throw range. I want to see him. The ball's got to be in his hand and looking right. And the same thing with Cook. I can tell when Cook is going to miss a shot, a free throw every single time. And the same thing with Pemsel. Now, can I prove that? No. But I, if you see the way the ball is in his hands, you can tell that he's going to miss the free throws. And can you imagine? With the way we're feeding the post, and we're probably only going to feed the post more over the years as Fran even gets more comfortable with these big guys that we've got, with, with the, uh, the Pemsels and, and, the, uh, and the Cooks and guys like that, and even some of the guys we're bringing in. He's only going to get more comfortable feeding the post. So, so the Cook and the, and the Pemsel, they've got to be able to make their free throws. And I'm not saying they need to make 85%, okay? I'm not saying 80. Hit 70% of your free throws. Okay, hit 70% of your free throws because these guys are going to get fouled. They're physical guys that actually enjoy contact. Boy, is that fun. That's fun to watch. Not only do they not get pushed around, they do the pushing around. That's fun to watch. Um, let's look at, uh, we can look at some team stats. What do you think? What else did I want to talk about? Oh, Bohannon. We haven't talked about Bohannon. Great, great game for Bohannon. I almost skipped over Bohannon. 19 points. 7 of 12 field goals, 3 of 4 from 3-point three, three field goal range, 2 of 2 from free throws, uh, 37 minutes, and listen to this, people, 11 assists. 19 points, 11 assists, and efficient. That any good? That any good? Yeah, it is. Um, John Miller had a stat out. I think I've already done the math for the 12 games. He had, he had a stat for 11 games that he tweeted out that was great, and I think I just added to his... Um, for this last game. So I, th- I believe, now 12 games in, John was, John's was 11, I believe. So this is 12 games in for Bohannon. 41 of 83, which is very, very close to 50%, just under, just a shade under. And then he's averaging, I think, 14 or 15 points. That is not a small sample size. That's not just a kid getting a little streaky, getting a little hot. When you're talking 12 freaking games... And, and you're shooting 41 of 83 from three-point range and 14, 15 points a game for a true freshman point guard that nobody seemed to want and thought we were maybe, uh, maybe taking a reach on. Unbelievable. Things for improvement on him, obviously defense, anticipation on defense, being aware, staying in front of your man, because he can't, he doesn't have the lateral quickness to be lazy. I'm not saying he's lazy. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But he, he can't take a possession off. He does not have um, the quickness to catch up to those quick guards. They'll, they'll be around him. And when the, the other guys get, when the other points guards get in the paint, get in the lane, bad, really bad things happen. So he can, he can improve on that, obviously, defense. He even made, and I, I said earlier in the year, I don't, I don't want him shooting laps. I don't want him driving. He's going to get his bleep blocked. But how many laps did he make? Did he make? Maybe three, three layups. 
And he had an interesting way of doing it. Instead of going up for the layup like Gazelle used to do, and he would release the ball at the top of his vertical leap, and they'd come over and just block it. He would actually shoot the ball on the way up, and and they weren't even ready to block his shot. Very interesting out of Bohannon, and he's a slick guy. But I do, I, I'm a little worried about that, about him getting his shot blocked. I do like him doing doing the Steve Nashes I've talked about, dribbling in, going around, and then looking for cutters, slashing down the lane, and feeding them. But unbelievable game, 19 points, 11 assists out of Bohannon. That uh, that is crazy. Let's get to Moss the boss, as Steeler Jim would say. Um, 16 points, six of 12 field goals, four of nine from three. Uh, missed his only free throw. Four rebounds, not bad. 27 minutes. Um, this is a kid you want to talk about X-Factors. I know a lot of people are calling Christian Williams an X-Factor. I I just don't think the guy has the confidence. I, I think he's going to get passed up by Connor McCaffrey. I've seen enough of him to know that we know the stats, 43% from three, 84, 85% from free throw range. I've seen him in interviews. I've seen him on the court. He's confident. He even talks a little trash. Yeah, that's my kind of guy. I like that, okay? But the thing that I love, and somebody tweeted at me and had a clip of him passing to his brother for the dunk, he sees down court, man. He sees his vision is unbelievable, at least I think. I think it's elite vision. And I think Christian Williams is going to get passed up by McCaffrey. And it's not because it's Fran's son. It's because I think young McCaffrey has the confidence, the cojones, the shot now. The, the, obviously, we like to run and gun. You don't have to dribble the ball all the way down the court. You get the ball down the court faster passing, and that's what I've seen out of McCaffrey. Am I an expert on him? No, but I like him. And uh, whoever tweeted that at me, thanks for that clip. That was a beautiful clip of showing what kind of vision he has because he does have vision. He doesn't look like he lacks for confidence at all, much like his father. <laughs> There's another fundamental I like. I like his confidence. How about that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and then, uh, yeah, we talked about um, – Moss in his game, and that is what's so great about the NIT. What's so great about the NIT, because if he continues to raise his game, raise his level of play like he is, or anywhere close to what he did last night, next year, are you kidding me? Next year is going to be unbelievable. If he can hit threes, I wasn't expecting Moss to come in and hit threes. Four out of nine, you kidding me? Nine three-pointers out of Moss. I... Do you ever think Moss was going to come in and shoot nine three-pointers? Okay, well, so no. So Moss will pick up so much of that slack, hopefully, if we're going to reach our ceiling next year when Jock is gone. Um, and if he can continue to improve his defense and play defense um, and also be the one guy that can get into the lane, break down the defense and dish. Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't pass too often. He, when, when he goes to the room, rim, he knows what he's doing. And that he's also very good at that. I don't think he has the greatest vertical leap I've ever seen, but he has a, an ability to kind of hang in the air and maneuver his body, and I don't know what he does. It's, there's not a lot of guys that have that, and he has that. So when he's out on the fast break, I'd look for him um, because I, th- I, think, I think he'll end up being a really, really good uh, finisher on the fast break. Um, Ewell. Got into a little bit with, with Twitter. I'm not ready to give up on Yule. You, a lot of you are probably rolling your eyes, as is Tiff. Tiff is rolling your eyes at me right now, going, come on, because he's got zeros across the board. But I, Yule, 
I, I see something there. I see something there. I just, it's not happening. His confidence is in the toilet, much like Christian Williams. And confidence is so much, so important in not just sports. It's important in business. It's important when you're out at the, you know, bar trying to pick up a chick. You got to have confidence. And he doesn't. What he does have is he's very fast. He has very good handle. So when he gets rebounded, just, I mean, darts down the freaking the freaking court and he has great handle. I wonder if there's something on offense that we could do where, where he's the guy that's feeding the post or something like that. Cause he does have good handle out there and he doesn't look scared at all. Like anybody is going to pick his pocket at all. Uh, where, where should we go, Tiff? Uh, should we go to, should we go to team stats? Team stats? Well, I wanted to bring up, uh, I wanted to bring up uh, Dickerson. Hopefully he's okay. He got a concussion. Um, and I always, rooted for him because I thought he could have brought something to the team when we had um, Gazelle. I didn't want him to start in front of Gazelle, but I thought he could have, could have brought something to the team that maybe Gazelle didn't because he, he was really quick and fast. The problem was he liked to be, to be fast all the time. He didn't understand the upshift, downshift, get guys off you. So he'd be running there 100 miles an hour and guys are just running with him. So he'd never get, you know, he'd never get any space. He was never able to feed people. Um, whether he got it now, I don't know. I can't tell from one game. He did have ten points in the first half, so. Um, but yeah, I was always uh, I was always disappointed that that didn't work out at Iowa because I thought he could have he could have added something um, to the Iowa team. Guys, a uh, couple that stand out: Hawkeye shoot fifty six percent from field goal percentage, unbelievable. Forty three percent from three point range. Uh, nothing really else stands out. Beat him by seven on rebounds, but. Um, Hawks 87, South Dakota 75, play TCU Sunday. Should be a good game. Let's keep this season going as far as we can because it's a young team. Get the chemistry building not only for this year, for next year. We will talk to you Sunday night. Thanks.